Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jump Maniac, and I have a very special co-host. As always, they are going to have to do as much work as I do, so that is why they get the co-host title. And I will let them introduce themselves. Hello everyone, this is Michael. You may have heard me before on the DM Splock podcast or on my own show, the RPG Academy. The any nominated. Don't shy away from it, sir. Multi any nominated. True. <laughs> I didn't know if that was the right term for it. I was going to do it, but I let you do it. But that also means I'm multi losing. Well, I've I've lost once. I assume we're losing again, but it's the nomination that matters, right? True. That's what people and, tell themselves. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be there, and you will be proven wrong, sir. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I would be happy to be proven wrong there, as opposed to most of the other times that that happens. Perfect. So for today, like Michael already mentioned, we're going to tie back to episode number 111, Let's Split Up Gang. And of course, you were the guest for that episode where it was all about splitting up the party. So I came up with a DMnastics that was a little more freeform than usual, where I did DMnastics number 93, party here, party there. And I, if I would have gone farther, I probably should have typed out party everywhere and uh, yeah you're right that you that just dies right too yeah soon. i really missed out oh man i'm gonna go back scrap it and start over so for this one i just came up with the idea of people just riffing on the concept of splitting up the party coming up with party members and what they're doing to essentially get away from the rest of the party members did you have one that you wanted to highlight so what i'm thinking is we'll essentially just kind of highlight the base concept from a forum user of like how the party was split up and what we think about it, and then we can go straight into just kind of riffing off of each other. One thing that I was thinking is there's there's two different avenues. Is is the DM trying to split the party up for a specific reason, or is the party deciding that they will split up for their reasons? Because depending on which one is going where, it would depend on how I'm going to handle it. Okay, so it looks like the forum took it the first way of the party splitting themselves up but i really like then us taking it the other way and being intentional as dungeon masters for splitting the party up okay so i'm taking a look here so dm caleb okay so on that one basically the uh, roguish gnome went ahead got a little greedy and was punished for it mm -hmm. punishment being sent somewhere that they didn't want to be yeah so yeah so that would definitely be the dm making that happen, whether that was planned ahead of time, like anytime <laughs> anyone ever touched that ruby, or just a, oh, you want to touch the ruby? Okay, fine. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. I like it. That is hard to tell because, you know, and we're not seeing both sides of the screen. Is this a vengeful DM? How many times has this character done it? <laughs> so it, it looks like from the first example that DM Caleb mentioned that one of the characters decided to scout ahead, whether they were asked to, or that's part of standard procedure or whatever. They found something interesting, and rather than waiting for the rest of the party, they decided to investigate. And by investigating this ruby, they were teleported or transported away uh, by themselves. So it sounds like this is a situation where the DM has either planned for this to happen, or based on the player's actions, decided this is what should happen, rather than the party choosing to separate. Which, yeah, it's like there's a little bit of separation because of the rogue, but then there's true separation from the party <laughs> based on what the DM. Yeah, 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 it's one thing like you're, you know, 50 feet ahead or a couple hundred yards ahead. You know, if I go caca, caca, that, you know, you come running versus I'm gone and you yeah, have no you, idea. You're in a new dimension. 
have fun. <laughs> but I do like that. Essentially, the follow up by DM Exitium is bringing the party up, checking things out, and then it is quickly further separated intentionally by the forum user Oodles, who plays the idea of a dwarven ranger, Magnus Black Arrow. I had to say it because it was such a cool name. And they're <laughs> going to stay back thinking that they're going to be ambushed from behind. So now we've stretched the party even further, which I really like the idea because that's a very intentional and very reasonable thing to do. But they've also not informed the party that that is what they're choosing to do, at least not in character. So then it looks like we cut back over to Corrit, who was the halfling who got spirited away. And he is now sort of walking through somewhat like of a dungeon. You know, it's a sequestered place where there's looks like statuary and that kind of thing. So again, so now he's in like some sort of like, sort of like a dungeon, basically. There is a ruby here, but basically he's now exploring his new location, apparently unaware or uncaring that the rest of the party is with him. And he thinks he's rich because he found a, uh, a ruby and he's going to buy Magnus a drink. <laughs> Perfect. I really like it. I mean, I just really like the, the concept and just the, everyone playing off of each other. But we have already decided that we're going to try and do this ourselves. And <laughs> so we're going to lift the mental weights. Right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Michael and I were talking a little bit off air of how we wanted to approach it. And I think we kind of settled on being the intentional DM for splitting the party and kind of trying to play through a scenario where you're doing this for a specific reason. To teach your players a lesson. No, that's not. <laughs> no, never do that. No, no. Oh. Again, you'll, it might work, but that'll be your one. So, like I said, well, we'll just start tossing party members out there, and then we can kind of figure out how we want to break them up. All right, so for our first party member, we will have a gnome paladin from, I mean, if we want to go for the full thing, from an asylum. Okay. Who wants to prove they're no longer that goofy kid. All righty then. And... We will also have a halfling monk, which I think we might have had in there in the other party. And they are from a citadel and they drunkenly swore an oath, but they forgot what it was for. <laughs> Probably never to get drunk again. I'd hope <laughs> I'd hope so. Put these down too. don't want to forget them because I've done that once before where I like mentioned stuff and then realized I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> That's uh, my GMing style. I have to I have to ret I have to retcon everything. <laughs> Pretty much. Remember yesterday when all that happened? None of that happened. <laughs> it's all gone. It's all gone. It was a dream. Oh, that's awesome. Next up we have oh this one's already good. You've already it's already got me at three words. Romantic dwarf wizard from the Salt Flats, who is the twin of the local monarch. Alrighty. And last up we have Perfect. An anxious tiefling cleric from a small town where nothing ever happened who has deserted the army. Okay. Not a bad party. Paladin, monk, wizard, cleric. We're, practic we're practically at the Fab Four right there. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to intentionally split this party for our, for our pleasure, I assume. <laughs> Hey, pain is so close to pleasure. You know, I think someone wrote that down some at some point. Mm -hmm. 
So what is what is your first idea on how to split off part of this party? Uh, well, again, if I'm doing it intentionally as the DM, there's a reason why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge the players in some way where they're they're out of their comfort zone, or I, you know, I want to tie this into their backstory. So the one that kind of struck me first was the halfling monk from the Citadel who swore the drunken oath that somehow they're segregated into a room with like alcohol. Mm. And, and it's like, you know, it's almost like a, it's like a role playing scenario, which could obviously turn into like an encounter where they are trying to get themselves drunk again to remember what their oath was. Okay. I like it. So like, so basically, you know, it's almost like in, in the, like in a TV show or a movie, everyone else is in mortal danger this person's just getting wasted on their own, but they end up having the most revelatory moment because they're able to remember this oath. And then they show back up at the big, big battle, wasted, but full of vigor because their life has been, you know, reignited. Mm-hmm. I like it. And they just, they've written it down everywhere. <laughs> you know, there could be a yellow snow situation involved. Uh, it could just be the cups are lined up. They spell up words. If you're like on the second floor, you could go a lot of ways with that. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> so what about you? So what were you thinking? Okay. I'm going to go with the gnome paladin because essentially they're from an asylum. I don't know where I fully land on why they're from an asylum. Were they helpful or were they an inmate? I see. I, I like you know. I hate to argue, but I think that's that's the great part of that character is it's always vague. They're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I'm from the asylum, and they never clarify. You know, it's like the ongoing story. Like, wait, were were you like an orderly there, or do you like you know, mm-hmm. were you part of the team, or were you? In, and it's just never clear which side of the fence they were on. I'd always love for them to be willing to elaborate, but still be vague. Oh yeah, it was yes. very helpful. I helped every day that I was there, and then move on. <laughs> it was almost like they wouldn't let me leave because I was too valuable to them. Yeah, they they always made sure that I stayed. <laughs> yes, they said I could be there for life. Like it was like a, a, a like a lifetime appointment, even. <laughs> and they wanted to prove that they're no longer that goofy kid. So I want them also to be in a very Leroy Jenkins scenario, <laughs> yeah. and the party is planning, doing all of this great work, and then they leave Roy Jenkins their way into the room. But I would also want it to be a trap in that, you know, and taking it on myself as the DM to allow them to prove to themselves and potentially the party that they're no longer that goofy kid. So the scenario ends up being something that they could handle themselves and maybe additional things show up in front of the party, but the room they run into blocks itself off. And now they have to handle that situation and again, prove them, prove to themselves that they aren't that goofy kid. There could be a situation where, because goofy kid can mean a lot of things. Mm-hmm. In my mind, they're, they're someone that can't control their urges. Like they make cracks, jokes, maybe insults, snide remarks when they shouldn't. And there's an, there's an opportunity for them to get separated with someone of import. Mm. And their job is just to not piss them off for the next 20 minutes. When the, the person they're with is giving them Ample opportunity. Like they keep doing things. It's and again, I hate to go back to it, but you know, you recently were on another podcast playing mm-hmm. um, Kid Flash, and you kept going, "Don't say the joke, don't say the joke," because yep. you knew Wally would say it, but it's not the right time. And that's just what I'm seeing here: is you put them in a situation where their natural instincts is to do a certain thing, but it's in their interest not to do it. Oh, I really okay. So I really like the idea of them needing to go into this scenario to save someone. 
that that's how you bring in that person of import, that it is this NPC that's always, you know, and, and again, referencing that, you know, and the, where Aqualad was tired of my jokes as Kid Flash, essentially, this is the person that is bringing it up most often that they're tired of the jokes. Look, you're an adventurer. You're saving the world. Step up. And then that would be the person that they end up saving. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. Good. All right. We've got two left. I mean, granted, we can do larger concepts of how we're splitting the party in half and then splitting them again, but we've got two left that we need to split off. I like the idea of the tiefling. They're a cleric, which means they're they're devout to at least an ideal, if not to a, a pantheon, to a god, to a temple. So they have commitment, but yet they deserted the military, which makes me wonder why. What was it about, mm. you know, was it that they couldn't follow orders? Maybe were the orders unjust? If not necessarily evil, was it just a situation where for the greater good, you know, we're going to let these people die because if we don't get to where we need to get tomorrow, more people will die. And the mm. whole, oh, yeah. And, and I mean, maybe they got to a point where they just they didn't feel comfortable with that. So, again, it feels like all these are almost like Twilight Zone-esque you know, uh, situation. So going with that, we need to put our cleric in a situation where they have to choose one good versus another good. And they have to weigh between them where there is no right answer. You know, there is no, Oh, that's easy. Save these people versus save that people. So maybe saving people's too, too black and white as it Mm -hmm. is, but they need to be put in some sort of situation where they have to choose who gets hurt and to what level. Yeah. Uh, And that could very well, that could be the rest of the party. Maybe almost like as a meta level, the other three, characters are in their moments this character is watching them and they get to decide who finishes first so like if they leave the halfling too drunk they might actually die of alcohol poisoning or, or something yeah well yeah, you know? a cleric especially yeah and then you have the other guy the gnome paladin who's who's teetering on the edge of saying the wrong thing do you get them out before they do or not again that i'm just throwing stuff out but I, just, I like the idea of them making those choices and it weighs on their conscience mm-hmm. i like that oh we went to a much darker place for the tiefling cleric <laughs> i apologize player don't play a tiefling uh, yeah <laughs> or a cleric yeah no I'm just <laughs> all right i have a romantic dwarf wizard as the final one i am not 100 percent sure how to accomplish that I have an idea. If okay, I know. Uh, I feel it. like I feel like I'm monopol- monopolizing time here, but like I said, co-host, you're going to do as much or more work than I'm going to do. So it says it's the twin. So we don't know if it's actually like like literally biological twins, like mm, the brother, true, or if they just are a doppelganger. They just look like them. But what if they know that the dwarf king is in a loveless marriage with the queen, and they've always loved the queen, and they're given the opportunity to have a dalliance with the queen. Mm. Do they take it? Oh, the other idea that I thought of with that would be what if there was some reason that you know the twin was no longer there, but to maintain order in the land, someone needs to immediately step into that role and they are afforded that opportunity. Like not only they just get to live that life, like that option is before them. So so I like that. So let's, let's combine those two. Okay. So it turns out the king is in a loveless marriage, but they're the one that has the unrequited love, not the queen. And they are miserable. And the king has found love with like some peasant girl, and he pleads his twin, let me go live this life. The romantic in the, the dwarf is going to be like, oh, I, you know, I want you to have that romantic. So oh. I will become the king, accept all that responsibility so that you can have a happy life. Wow. It's such a great way to... 
you know, and split the party and, you know, and it could be the thing and I've done it before and I would wager, I guess that you have as well. You ain't a player is done with their character and it happens like it happens to all of us. And that could be such a cool RP way for them to step out and, you know, air quote, split the party. And there's always, you know, five years later in campaign time where they need something and they, they go back mm-hmm. to this person and they come back in or they become a very helpful NPC. Maybe that kingdom becomes in danger. They're being attacked. And, you know, you could still use that character as a big part of the story, even letting the former player dictate some of the direction. Uh, you know, they have some guidance in what that NPC does and acts, but it still ties it back into, you know, the, the, the friendship they had before. Definitely. Oh, I like all of these so much. Okay, I'm going to toss out a super general idea about a cool way to split the party that is a ton of work as a DM, and I've seen it done, and I'll throw it out there so that I don't have to do it ever again. All of the party enters a dungeon, but everyone enters the dungeon at a different place, and then you are essentially documenting where they're going in the maze and whether or not they meet up with each other. It is a lot of work, but when done well, someone did it for me. It was so much fun. And they actually showed me the map later of like the completed map. And then they're slowly drawing the map of where the players are and then where we were connecting. I could see having a lot of fun as the player. I do not want to do that. as the DM. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things just again, I get talking general terms. When I do split the party, I I like to try to jump back and forth between each group or each person when it's dramatically appropriate, right when they're about to roll initiative, right when I ask them, hey, what's your armor class? And then I switch over and they have to sit there and wonder where they hit the whole time. Oh, yep. So the thing is, if you're going to separate everybody out like that, you kind of have to have everyone have equal time mm-hmm. or it's going to become just quantumly more difficult to keep up with it where everyone's at it. If your character gets to take five turns and then I have to go to another person and do five turns, we may find out that you actually should have met them two turns ago. Oh yeah. So it would be, I think it would be more difficult to, I mean, and you know, maybe you could do it until they start getting closer. You know, if it's a really big map and yeah. once they get to a certain radius, then you start doing one round at a time. But just my natural instinct is to try to manage that. And I think that would be complicated. Yeah, it it was. But like I said, it was great as a player. <laughs> so I have one final question. The best question. And that would be, where can people go to find you on the Internet? Oh, they can find me pretty much anywhere at the RPG Academy. So every social media platform that I am aware of, I'm on there. Uh, obviously, our website as well is the RPG Academy. If you're in Dayton, Ohio in November, you can find me at a Catacon, which is the convention that we run, which I believe you're going to be at. I was going to say, if you're in Dayton, Ohio in November, you can go to a Catacon where you'll find me at. <laughs> and maybe we'll split the party there. <gasps> Perfect. So I... I- I'm not going to lie. I am really thinking I'm thinking about taking on a very arduous task and running a very interesting game there. So, well, color me intrigued, sir, where there might be party splitting. I it is very likely. So, well, but one of the things that I've done in the past and it's pretty, pretty tropey is where you split the party and then you bring them back together and they don't recognize each other and they (sighs) think they're the other one's the monster. So you have that whole. You're, they're fighting each other and they realize who's who before one of them gets taken out. That's perfect. 
All right. So did you, is there anywhere else you want to plug? Yes. I, I, just by just seriously, by happenstance on the internet today, somebody was asking about theater of the mind combat. And I, that's what we do in our show for all of our actual mm-hmm. plays. So I was, I was given some examples and they were asking for other examples. So I started re-listening to some of our old stuff to try to find a good example. And I have to say, just by coincidence, Secret Slies in the Undead, which is the 13th Age actual play we did, episode two, is a fantastic example of managing a split party. Oh, perfect. Now, the audio back then, this was like three, four years ago. Our audio is not up to our standards Ooh. today. It's not terrible, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not as good as today. But if you want to hear a really good example of how a DM manages a split party, and again, you know, jumping between them at the right moment to maximize tension, highly, highly recommend Secrets Lies in the Undead Episode 2. Awesome. And we will have a link to that in the show notes. And have no fear, the Dungeon Master's block started with two people and an iPhone. So... Those early episodes are that. Yes, yep. Those early episodes, you love them, but you don't, you know, yeah, yeah. they are what they are. Yeah. Exactly. If you want to tell us how you split the party, you can always send us an email at dmnastics at gmail.com, or you can head over to Twitter at dmnastics. And if you want to follow me, my handle is there in the description. And if you want to follow everything else on the network, you can head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. But above that, I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on our forums and take part in these challenges and exercises being had. And to do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforms.net and try out some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting, I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. <laughs>